late night Vols turned into the Oma Vols tonight as Tennessee baseball punched their ticket to the College World Series, cruising to a 5-0 shutout win in Game 3 of the Hattiesburg Super Regional after losing Game 1 in what was a delayed and postponed until the next day. Tennessee wins games two and three of the Hattiesburg Super to reach their second College World Series under head coach Tony Vitello. Ryan, you're in Hattiesburg. Man, what a weekend it's been, and Tennessee's <laughs> headed to Omaha. What a weekend it's been. Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. Uh, certainly uh, a lot of weather delays, a lot of baseball uh, mixed in the middle, and a successful weekend for Tennessee. And it, it starts the same way the Super Regional did against Notre Dame. What last year did, they lose game one. They win game two, but this time uh, Tennessee gets over to hump and and Mike Wilson and Knox New Sentinel pointed it out. Chase Burns, it got away from Tennessee in game three in the seventh inning last year against Notre Dame with Chase Burns on the mound. Tonight, Chase Burns comes in the game in the seventh inning with Southern Miss threatening, and he basically shuts the door uh, on the Golden Eagles and and Tennessee coasted from there. So uh, a lot of things you can point to uh, on the way this team's grown over the last year and kind of harken back to. Uh, the way last season ended, but I thought that was a pretty fitting one with Chase Burns uh, just electric uh, with what I think was 102 miles per hour on the gun on the TV. It was 101 in the stadium, uh, but he shut the door on the heart of the Southern Miss lineup there in that seventh seventh inning. Yeah, so much to unpack from this game, but I think just the way Chase Burns pitched and how fired up he was. You know, you can say a competitor in any sport is fired up in a given moment or they're wearing their emotions on their sleeve, you know, playing with a lot of emotion. Man, Chase Burns, after he struck out that final batter in the seventh inning, he went into another dimension as a person. (laughs) That guy lost it, and, you know, rightfully so. Dude just struck out the dude on third strike was 102 miles an hour. I mean, man, I don't know what your view was of him in the press box, but on TV was very good view close up. Just the, the Grim Reaper motion slamming the glove in the in the dugout it had all of it and chase burns performance had all of it as well uh almost flawless probably would have been flawless if you know just what i assume was the nerves maybe a little bit in that ninth inning just to close it out knowing you're so close to winning the game allowed a couple of walks but man chase burns you said the word ryan electric that is the word to describe his performance and really this tennessee pitching staff as a whole after a certain home run in game two, after that three-run home run from Christopher Sargent in the third inning, in game two, Chase Dolander shut him down, and then today, Drew Beam, Chase Burns shut Southern Miss down. Phenomenal pitching from the Vols. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, I guess to start with the Chase Burns thing, you know, he comes in, one out, Aaron Combs, I don't want to overlook that, got a huge strikeout for out yeah, number one yep. uh, with runners on the corners and nobody out. He comes in, he faces Dustin Dickerson, who's in Southern Miss's dude. I mean, he's been a beast in the NCAA tournament for them. Strikes him out on three pitches, and then it was Wilkes. That's Yeah, Wilkes, uh, who's the home run leader for Southern Miss, strikes him out on four pitches. So it's, boom, seven pitches, two strikeouts. And, yeah, I mean, it, the eruption was a lot of emotion. You could tell spilling over there, and I had a friend who – is a Tennessee fan, but not, you know, by any means a diehard Tennessee baseball fan. He was texting me. He's like, is this dude having a seizure uh, on the field right now? And that kind of is what it looked like. And uh, But no, to your broader point, yeah, Tennessee's pitching was fantastic. And we talked about it last weekend. Griffin Merritt's talked about it, uh, I think, a handful of times now. Like, that's why 
well, there's a lot of reasons why, but one of the big reasons why you never completely shut the door on this Tennessee season is just like if they could get in get into the NCAA tournament, their pitching is so good and their pitching is so deep that it would give them a chance. That doesn't mean they were going to win. They were a game away from being eliminated. Southern Miss had two cracks at them. If they lose that game to Clemson, as Zane did, doesn't hit that home run, they probably don't make it out of last weekend. So I don't mean to make it oversimplify it, and the margins are small, but the pitching's pretty darn good. And Tennessee got really fantastic stuff from its whole pitching staff. Outside of Andrew Lindsay, who, not to say yeah. he was terrible, but the one guy who's kind of been the most consistent for Tennessee – uh, the sec- really all season, but especially the second half of the season. Once he moved into the starting spot, he didn't have his best stuff. He wasn't at his best. The rest of his teammates really picked him up. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's fair to say that Tennessee's pitching carried them to the Super Regional win. You, you know, Tennessee's offense played well in Game 2. Obviously, had the Blake Burke uh, home run that went 500 feet into the solar system, but, you know, actually bounced off the church over there behind the trees. 479-foot homer you had. Jared Dickey come through yet again. And then today, another big swing from Zane Denton. We saw it in the Clemson game. We saw it tonight, man. This dude comes up in the clutch. Three-run homer to put Tennessee up 4-0. to zero. And, you know, this game was just really neck and neck at the beginning. Tennessee got, you know, drew, drew first blood there in the second inning. But Southern Miss guy was pitching really well. And Tennessee's offense was wasting opportunities left and right. Then Zane Denton comes through with that swing. And you really felt... With the way Drew Beam was locked in, we've talked about a lot to where, you know, you're going to know early on whether Drew Beam's going to be really good or whether he's going to be yeah. And I felt like with how much his breaking ball was moving, how comfortable he looked, it was going to be a good day for Drew Beam. And you knew you had Chase Burns camped until a bunch of arms left in the bullpen who were fresh. So once Zane didn't hit that home run, Ryan, in the fifth, I knew that Tennessee was looking really, really good. 100%. Biggest moment of the game. Yeah, I'm not really sure there's a, a close second. I mean, you said it. Drew Bean was really good, but with the way he pitches, the way he attacks, one swing of the bat, it's a tie game. And you mentioned it, Tennessee. I think there was some frustration from lack of taking advantage of scoring opportunities in the second and third inning. I think they had another one. Uh, no, actually, I don't think they had another one in there before the fifth inning when they didn't have that big home run. And it was just like, if Tennessee hadn't, gotten some more insurance at some point it just felt like they were going to get tight especially after how last year went when they had that tight lead uh close lead against notre dame and it got away in the seventh inning it, it was yeah. just like you could feel the pressure kind of mounting on tennessee as they missed scoring opportunities and it just felt like that home run was a weight lifted off of everybody in tennessee's dugout it's back uh everybody in, in tennessee orange is back and zane didn't again uh five hits in the ncaa tournament four home runs Pretty crazy ratio. Uh, he, you know, I asked him about it post game. He said he can't ever remember any stretch like this in his life. Uh, he said, you know, I'd like to to mix in a, a couple singles in there as well. And Drew Beam said, hey, we'll we'll take it, and and Tennessee will certainly take it. He's had, uh, I think, probably without a doubt, at least two of the three biggest swings of the postseason for Tennessee. Blake Burke's home run yesterday, probably in there too. Uh, probably number two, but I would say behind. Denton's home run last week at Clemson, but two two massive, massive swings for Tennessee. Yeah, and I, I don't want to make this podcast going into depth on each game here, but I do think it's important to emphasize Blake Burke's home run because of just how jaw-dropping it was. And with that game, Tennessee you know, having to come from behind as they were down, 
man, it really feel like that put a lot of life into the dugout and that carried over for the rest of the game and then carried over today, you, you have to think. So you, you talk about biggest swings of the postseason, I think Denton's are the top two. But yeah, Burks is a close, you know, if, if Denton's is 1A and 1B, Burks is a close second, you know. So those three swings for Tennessee cannot be understated from this offseason. Yeah, I think you could really make an argument that Burke's swing was bigger than Denton's tonight just because, I mean, it just changed the whole vibe. Like, that, it felt like Tennessee was falling apart in game two yesterday. Like, the third inning, you give up four runs. The whole – the batters, Tony, Frank, are going at it with the home plate umpire. It's like emotions sure. are running too high. They're, getting, they're about to let this thing get away from them. And I think you got to give Christian Moore a lot of credit. He let off that inning with a double. Griffin Merritt drove him in uh, to kind of get things started. But – uh, Tony Vitello compared it to in basketball, how, you know, a dunk, it's worth, it's worth two points. It's not even worth three points, but an electric big dunk can electrify a team, electrify a crowd. and could be worth a lot more than that. And I think that's kind of what that Blake Burke home run did for Tennessee, especially when you're talking about facing an ACE who was really good, like Tanner Hall and not that Tennessee hadn't had competitive at bats or like any success against them. It was fourth inning. So it was still pretty early in the game, but I think that just kind of sent a message through the Tennessee team. Like, all right, this guy's not invincible. We can get to this dude. And certainly that swing was pretty incredible. I guess the last thing I'd say on it, I don't know if you or any people listening have seen that someone on Twitter went and like ran the numbers. It was 479 feet. And they did like on Apple Maps or Google Maps, 479 feet at the angle that he did it from home plate to where it would land. I'm telling you, that ball landed maybe maybe in the parking spot where I parked my car on Friday night. So, no way. I mean, maybe not the exact parking spot or anything, but like right on, it was the closest parking spots to the church, uh, the Catholic church out in the right field. And I was parking one of those on Friday night. So thankful I wasn't there again on Saturday. Yeah, thankful. Yeah, man, that, that was just an incredible home run. And I think it's important also, important also because of, you know, the type of slump Blake Burke has kind of been in, you know, not having yeah. a home run since April 28th against Mississippi State. I mean, I think who it was too made it all the more special, if you will, lack of a better word, for Tennessee in that moment. Yeah. But I'll, I want to talk a little bit more about this game tonight. We mentioned Zane Denton's home run. When did you know Tennessee was going to win this game? When they got out of the seventh inning. Yeah. When Chase Burns yeah. went up against Southern Miss's best pitchers and said, here's 102, you don't see this in the Sun Belt, sit down. <laughs> like, at that, at that point, uh, I knew it was over. Because, again, it kind of it kind of felt like, and it, he didn't because the decisions worked out, but like it kind of felt like, oh, my gosh, here we go again with Tony making pitching mistakes. Drew Beam, I wouldn't have even had him back out there for the seventh inning. I mean, he was so good, but he was up in the upper 90s in – like three innings, all right, you got Camden Sewell, you got Chase Burns, yeah. you got Aaron Combs, A.J. Russell, Seth Halverson. Like, you had all those options. And for them to put Beam out there and not go well, and then obviously Combs was kind of like, man, Combs has been good, but you have all these guys and you're going to Aaron Combs in that moment. And, again, that decision worked flawlessly. Aaron Combs absolutely diced up Matthew Etzel, uh, Southern Miss's leadoff man. And then when it was kind of – it felt like to me, if Tennessee can get out of this thing 4-1, they're in great shape. Give mm-hmm. up a run. Don't even worry about that guy on third. Three straight strikeouts, 4-0, Chase Burns, that cry of emotion. And it's like, yeah, it's – I think this one's over. And then obviously Malia Huna hits a home run on the lead off the, the bottom half of the seventh inning. And, you know, once you get it out of grand slam length, it was like, yeah, this one, this one's definitely over. I tell you, you didn't watch Malia Huna's home run. 
It's Chase Burns because he was in the dugout with a towel over his head. <laughs> Great shot they got on the broadcast. But yeah, it's just I agree. After that seventh inning, it's that would that felt like the only threat Southern Miss was really gonna have. And especially Chase Burns coming out pitching like he was, you didn't think that was gonna fall off really the last two innings. I know pitchers can get too amped up to where they crash, you know, the adrenaline crashes, but we haven't really seen that from Chase Burns and with the way he was pitching to start. You, you figured Tennessee was going to win this ball game, and they do 5-0. to zero. Tennessee gets LSU Saturday night. What a treat, right, Ryan? Hey, you, uh, <laughs> go on the road, win the, the regional against Clemson, fourth national seed, and a four, you know pull off a 14-inning thriller, and then you go into Hattiesburg. All these weather delays playing into the next day on a Monday night. You win this super regional after losing game one. Hey, guess what? By the way, Paul Skeens, best college baseball pitcher, Saturday night yep. in Omaha. So it's going to be a tough one. Yeah. And this is late. So I'm going to go on a, a tough, tough analogy or not analogy, but quote here from the, uh, the Requiem for the Big East 30 for 30. They're talking about the 1985 final four that had Georgetown, St. John's Villanova. And I think Memphis in it, uh, St. John's had to play Georgetown who was number one team in the country in game one. And Chris Mullins you know, in that third 30 has a line like, can we not get some reseeding here in the final four? That's got to be how Tennessee feels right now. Like, can we not get some reseeding in Omaha? Because Tennessee side of the bracket is much harder than the other one. They're going to have Stanford in there, and they're going to have Wake Forest, who's the number one overall seed, and then obviously LSU, who's got, if not the best lineup in the country, second best lineup, and Wake Forest has the best lineup if LSU doesn't have it, and they'll face the best pitcher in the country. So it's going to be a tall task. It's a much more difficult side of the bracket, but – Tennessee will uh, deal with that when they have to deal with that, and I'm sure we'll talk a lot more about it later in the week, but uh, uh, certainly a tough matchup for, for Tennessee. Absolutely. Dude, 22 runs against Alabama? Wake Forest. Two. Nine home runs. Nine, Three home yeah. runs for the same, from the same dude. <laughs> Incredible. I didn't realize oh, they man. were that good. I haven't watched ACC baseball this year, but holy wow. Like, and- unreal. Yeah, it is, and I will say it's that stadium Wake Forest plays in makes Lindsey Nelson Stadium look big, so it's really oh, small. Okay. So, sure. you know, that's part of the offense's success, but at the same time, I think you've got to reverse that and be like, kind of like it was with Tennessee last year. Wake Forest has by far the best team ERA in the country, and they're doing it playing in a super, super hitter-friendly park. So that's a really good team. Uh, they might be the team that can finally, you know, end the long string streak of uh, number one overall seeds not winning the College World Series. Uh, I think it's been since 99, and they'll have a great chance. And, uh, you know, you look at it, the other side of the bracket has, I think, two teams, Virginia and Florida, that were national or were, you know, top 16 seeds. Tennessee side will have three of them with Stanford, uh, Wake Forest, and LSU. And, man, I don't know. I'm sure you probably saw it on Twitter. What a brutal way for Texas to lose yeah, tonight in that game. So Stanford. bad. So bad. I was only glad I got texted about it. Someone texted me about it first before I watched it. I'm just glad it wasn't like one dude. Like it wasn't hit like just down, like right at the right fielder. There were two of them who couldn't find the ball. So I'm sure it won't be easy for either of those two dudes to deal with going forward that they couldn't find it. But at least it wasn't just one guy's play to make it. There were two of them that easily could have gotten the ball. They they had seen it off the bat and hadn't lost it in the lights. Yeah, if you guys are listening and you haven't seen it, just a routine, you know, shallow fly ball into center field, and both the outfielders couldn't find it, and it drops. It, there was two outs, two strikes, 
And then the the runner on first, I think, too. First and second scoring. First and second, okay. Yeah, I think there was two on. Um, yes, they just walked the guy before. You're right. Yeah, because the guy that had hit the double thought it was a walk off homer, and he took his help because uh, the ball hit the Pac-12 logo, and it's it's white, so it looked like it went over the fence. But wild uh, bottom of the ninth there for Stanford, but they end up punching their ticket as well. So, um, Brian, oh, gotta mention Griffin Merritt too, man. Um. Really solid couple days at the plate. Went four for five in that eight to four win for Tennessee in game two. Um, had an RBI as well. And then today um, got the scoring going with his RBI single. So dude's a single machine as of late. He is. Yeah. And no extra base hits this weekend, but Tennessee, you know, really outside of the fourth inning yesterday, I wouldn't say struggled to get, get base runners, but like they weren't super consistent. So merit was huge there and his ability to do that. And, you know, I think after last weekend where you point to certainly Christian Moore, but also Zane did and also Griffin Merritt, like so many a handful of guys from Tennessee were just so good at the plate. This weekend was pretty balanced and fair. Like no one was great. Merritt was good. Zane didn't had obviously a big swing. Jared Dickey had a couple big hits, but for the most part, like Tennessee just kind of did it collectively and, and no one was on fire. Yep. Yeah. That's why you point to the pitching, man. I mean, Dolander yep. retiring 18 of his final 20 batters. That's the stat to close out that game. And then Burns just pumping triple digits consistently today. Good Lord. Any uh, final takeaways from Hattiesburg for us, Ryan, before we get on out of here? Yes, two final notes. One, uh, yesterday's game two yesterday. Got to give Cal Stark a lot of credit. Tennessee had, I guess, pulled within one on that Blake Burke home run, but there was no two outs, nobody on. And Cal Stark, who's obviously not been great at the plate all season, but certainly has struggled a little bit more. In the postseason, he works a nine-pitch walk, fouls off a couple two-strike pitches, and that set the stage. It flipped it over to the front of Tennessee or the top of Tennessee's order. Maui Ahuna singles. I think Hunter Inslee was either hit by a pitch or walked, yep. and Jared Dickey had the big bases-clearing hit. So I, I think it's easy to – it was already a good inning for Tennessee. I think it's easy to look past what Cal Stark did there. And then today, uh, I'll hearken back to something I think I said on our podcast following the Texas A&M series. Tennessee's offense will go how its transfers go. Hmm, yep. Game three, Hattiesburg Super Regional, all five runs driven in by transfers. Yeah, and you could argue they've – I know Jared Dickey's been the most consistent, but like Maui Huna leads the team in doubles. We've talked about the big swings from Zane Denton. I mean, the biggest home runs, yeah, Blake Burks was, was huge in game two. But if you're talking end-of-game clutch scenarios – Griffin Merritt has a pair of walk-offs. Zane didn't yep. have these two postseason homers. These transfers have come to play for Tennessee this season. 100%. And I, I think I said at the time, you know, I feel really good about what Jared Dickey, Christian Moore, and Blake Burke will give Tennessee, those returning guys who would have had roles. So to me, it's about that next class, what they can do. And certainly that's probably an oversimplification. And Christian Moore's been up and down and has had some tears. And Blake Burke hasn't been great. Um, but, yeah, I mean, those those three – have stepped up. I think Zane Ditton has kind of largely been what we expected, a little bit streaky, but having power and certainly a good player for Tennessee. Griffin Merritt's been the one that's 100%, you know, kind of turned the season around from how it was looking early in the season when he was struggling, or maybe not early in the season, but early in SEC play when he was kind of struggling against that high velocity fastball that you see a lot in the SEC, you don't see a lot in the American Athletic Conference. So a ton of credit to him, a ton of credit to Maui Ahuna, and certainly Zane Ditton has like we said, had two of the biggest swings of Tennessee season. Very true. You know what's funny is 
a team like last year, there's going to be so many fans wanting to see that type of product again, and they didn't get that really, really all season. No, nothing is going to compare to the 2022 Vols. But this team ends up accomplishing more than last year's team as they're headed to Omaha. How wild is that to you? I mean, baseball's just so crazy and anything can happen, but can you try and put that into words, how that is a reality now? Yeah, I mean, it's it's not... Un, I completely agree. On the surface, just stating it, it's, it is wild. I mean, last year's team was arguably the best college baseball team of all time from what they did before the postseason. Tony Vitello said tonight, definitely the most talked about college baseball team. And this year's team, you know, I don't think I, you know, I did a good job of not panicking a ton, but I'm going to throw myself under the bus. After Arkansas series, I was like, I, I'm not sure this team makes the NCAA tournament. Like, I don't even sure this team makes the SEC tournament. Yeah. And to go from that to making Omaha, certainly, like, all that on the surface is super crazy. But at the same time, like, I said all last year, these all-time great college baseball teams have frequently not made Omaha. It's hard when the pressure's on you and you get tight. And that's what happened to last year's team. And besides, I think, just after Arkansas, when I was kind of dejected about where this Tennessee team was at, besides that, I've said all year, this team can find a way to make it to, make it to the NCAA tournament. They had the pitching to make it to Omaha. So I think on the surface, you're right. It's absolutely insane. When you dig into it a little bit deeper, it just doesn't completely shock me. But that's the nature of baseball, man. It's an absolutely crazy game. It'll rip your heart out, and it'll give you the most exhilarating, awesome moments. And this Tennessee season, really both Tennessee season, last last two Tennessee seasons have, have had a lot of both of those. There you go. Well, you got you know a great thing about all these weather delays and the fact that the Super Regional ended – basically on Tuesday, is that you got to spend a lot of time in Hattiesburg. And there's been a lot of talk about Hattiesburg over the past couple of days. Of course, the whole Applebee's thing and the fan bases. Yeah. Brian, just a quick minute on your experiences in Hattiesburg. Any cool spots, any cool experiences you got while all these delays were happening? Yeah, I'll go down a, a quick little bullet point. Uh, I'll start by saying, before I say all these nice things, I'll start by saying, I don't want to move to Hattiesburg, Mississippi, anytime soon. But I'll say this, I think this tournament, this weekend was really well run by the Southern Miss people. I think the NCAA is about to drop an F-bomb. I think the NCAA screwed up a lot of stuff all weekend, just incompetence, start to finish. But yeah. I think the Southern Miss people who were running this tournament did a great job. Like, they don't deserve any blame. Uh, they, This has been really well run. I ate at a handful of good local restaurants. Got some Cajun food, uh, got some seafood, which is always nice. Uh, and then I'll say the Applebee's that got torn down or got closed is now at Cane's. And boy, what an upgrade that is. I mean, you go from awful chain restaurant to elite fast food restaurant. So good for Hattiesburg for that. There you go. Love it, Ryan. Hey, that's good stuff. Well, that's going to close us out here on this late night edition instant reaction podcast of Tennessee baseball punching their ticket to the College World Series. In Omaha, Rocky Top Insider will have full representation in Omaha this weekend and moving forward. And guys will be podcasting leading up to this weekend's game as well for a full preview of Tennessee LSU. It's going to be a doozy there on Saturday night in Charles Schwab Field. For Ryan Shepard, I'm Jack Foster. Thanks for listening to the Rocky Top Insider Press Pass. We'll see you next time.